It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds are now the most talented team in the NL Central, and they will win the division. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aloha and welcome in. You are Locked On Reds, the live edition. Happy Aloha Fridays. Locked On Reds is your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr. We love baseball and we love the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love for the game and our love for the Reds and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, there's been some movement within the National League Central and we're going to tell you why the Cincinnati Reds are now probably, at least in Jeff's estimation, maybe mine, I'm undecided, probably the lead favorite team to win the National League Central now. The Brewers were the cream of the crop, the Brewers were the nemesis, the Brewers were the team the Reds couldn't get past, and the Brewers are seemingly blowing it up. And that is going to have a titanic impact on the National League Central. We're going to be talking about that today. And of course, we are going to be taking your questions and your comments and putting you in the driver's seat. Before we get into any of that, let's shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets back if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's right. Five bucks gets you back 200 bucks in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. And where we are getting started is with the Titanic shift in the National League Central. If you're an everydayer, you know that I've been saying for a while, and Jeff, I think you've been saying for a while, that neither one of us believed that Corbin Burns was going to be a member of the Milwaukee Brewers for the entire 2024 season. And lo and behold, didn't even make it to opening day. Yeah, we were half right because I was saying, and I think you had maybe been more on the train that maybe they trade him before opening day, but I had said that I thought maybe the Brewers would try that thing where they're like, well, let's see if we can contend, and then if we don't contend, we'll just blow it up. They're not waiting. And and what was interesting to me about that trade is that the return they got back, it's fine. I mean, you know, the, the shortstop, uh, Ortiz is is a top 100 prospect. DL Hall is an interesting pitching prospect, though the Orioles had already moved him to the bullpen. And then they got a, comp- a compensatory draft pick after the first round. Didn't think that that return was all that great. And I think that it's the Brewers saying that they're trying to do a quick restart. So this season, probably not going to be in contention for the division. And I think that it... That one trade was all the Reds needed to take a stranglehold on this division. Now, I'm not saying they're going to dominate. I'm not saying they're going to wipe everybody off the off the face of the earth here. But when you look at how this offseason has gone, and when you look at how last season was, the Reds went from being an 82-win team to getting better. The only other team in the division that has gotten better is the last place St. Louis Cardinals. And when you get better from being in last place, that doesn't mean that you're going to win the division. And in fact, I think the moves that they made was just so that they could contend for being in the middle of the pack. 
I look at this and I say with the talent that the Reds showed last year and with the young talent that they have permeating their entire organization and with the talent that Nick Kroll brought in this offseason, they're the best team in the division. They will win the NL Central in 2024. Let's not discount the Cubs, Jeff. I mean, I, I hear you that I hear you that the Reds were 82 wins. They have improved wholeheartedly agree that they have improved. I'm not ready to quite just say it's not going to be difficult. They're not going to have to, to, to work at it. There's not still work to be done maybe for the Reds. Uh, I don't know that the Cubs are done. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure the Cubs are content, and, and they may still have a, a rabbit in their hat, so to speak. Uh, I will say this. I will give you that the Reds are probably the top two with the Cubs. I think it's a two-horse race now in the Central. I don't think the moves that the Cardinals made – are impactful enough to take them from being the last place team to take them to being the first place division winner. Uh, for me, the Cardinals improved, but they have a lot of players that are on the wrong side of their uh, decline curve there. Uh, they brought in a lot of a lot of guys that are a little long in the tooth, and I'm not sure like if the Cardinals have some kind of deal with AARP or Centrum Silver or or what's happening <laughs> there in St. Louis because clearly there is some need. They're compelled. They have some inner desire to to help the the folks in the world that might be just a little into their 40s. Just and saying, that's just on so, the pitching side, that's not even their lineup. They they traded away Tyler O'Neill. Their lineup got worse. Yeah. So for me, Jeff, uh, you're right in that it's, it's a two horse race now. Uh, I think still the Reds maybe need to reevaluate that they're done. We've heard Nick Crawl say, oh, we're done. No more major moves. I think this changes things a little bit. And, you know, maybe it's time to revisit that. Go get a right handed power bat in the outfield. Let's not fiddle around with this. Teach Jonathan India to play outfield. Let's not fiddle around with messing with Noel V or CES. Let's go get that outfield bat. Let's have CES play first base. Let's have Noel V Marte play third. Let's have Candelario be the DH and they can ring around the Rosie, those three positions. And this team can then go win the division. If they were to do that, I'm all in. I am all in on the Reds winning division and being a serious contender in the postseason. Let's, let's make that one final move. Nick Carl. I know you're listening. I really think that they are, a division winner as is. I don't think they're going to get it on day one. They're definitely going to have to work for it, and people are going to have to perform. We're going to have to see Frankie Montes return to his prior form. And, you know, I was reading an article by our friends over at Reds Content Plus that said that that's definitely not a sure thing. But I also think that there's so much talent on this roster that when somebody starts to falter and maybe, you know, maybe somebody doesn't take that step forward that we think that they will, there's somebody to step up for that guy. I feel like the Reds have set themselves up well that should injuries or should ineffectiveness plague this team, they are able to combat that. I haven't been able to say that about them in years past, and I think that they have that now. The, the, the outfield situation for me, I think, is solved in-house. I don't necessarily know that we know the solution right now, but I think it will present itself throughout the season. I don't think that there's a reason that we're not confident about what the Reds have right now, because we don't know what that is. I think the talent on this roster, though, will present itself in a way that fixes it. Because there's so many guys in the infield that can play the most athletic position on the field, and that is shortstop. And I feel like you could move one of those guys to a corner outfield spot very easily and, and not worry about it. Sure. I also 
Sure. No, sure. You can move anybody out there. They can put you out there. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a successful defensive outfielder. I'm not saying saying those guys can't hit. And, and, And having those dudes in the lineup is good. But at some point, you sacrifice so many outs above average. I mean, TJ Friedel can only cover so much ground. And if you've got guys on both corners that struggle with running routes, that struggle with reading the ball off the bat. And remember, if you're playing right field, it's very wonky to learn to play the angles and read the ball off the bat. Everything's a little backwards over there. So all of those things combined, I'm not saying the team can't win doing that. I'm saying this team's in a position now that if they don't do that, not only can they win the division, they can run away with it. It's a difference there of competing for the division and and fighting their way into first place and running away with the National League Central and being a top-tier playoff contender. That's what can happen if Nick Crawl goes out right now and gets a power bat to play the outfield. I think that there is a solution on hand for this team. And I'm not talking about a specific player, but a philosophy that through the moves that Nick Crawl has made will help this team out with its outfield deficient outfield defensive deficiency. That's a I should think of a different way wow. to say that. But I'm going to tell you why coming up right after this. Because first, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel's got this amazing offer. We are headed to Super Bowl week. We got the Pro Bowl this Sunday. I'll be honest with you. If you wager on the Pro Bowl over at FanDuel.com, more power to you. I don't care about that. What I care about is the Super Bowl. And the FanDuel, folks over at FanDuel have great offers for you there. I mean, there's so many different kinds of wagers that you can place. So you're talking about prop bets. You're talking about over-unders. You're talking about the money line, the, the points spread for the game, and all that great stuff. Find it at FanDuel.com. And new users, when you place a $5 wager and you win, you'll get $200 in bonus bets back. Yeah. You're not going to find those odds unless you're taking a wager that is just absolutely insane and probably won't happen. Check them out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, you can also jump in on some of the MLB futures that are out there. I'm saying it. The Reds are going to win the NL Central. And if you believe me, go throw some bones on it over there. They're still third as far as odds are concerned in the NL Central. They have the uh, Cardinals as the favorite. I don't know why they have the Cubs right behind them. And then they have the Reds at plus 370. That line has moved a little bit. It's going to continue to move as well. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Join it. And your first $5 wager that wins will get you $200 in bonus bets back. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. Thanks as always for making Locked On Reds your first listen every single day, first, second, third, all that great stuff. We will be with you all throughout the offseason. We are going to get back to five days a week coming up next week as we get ready for pitchers and catchers reporting because it happens just days after the Super Bowl. I'm told that there's something else that happens on the day that pitchers and catchers report, but... I don't know what that is. That's something, I don't know, some romantic thing, but pitchers and catchers reporting is far more important. So we will be all over that here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. You're going to want to make sure to click that button that says subscribe, whether it be on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube. Also click that bell to get notified. Click that like uh, button helps out the algorithm, helps more people find the show. Plus, you can check out the first ever 24 uh, 7 streaming channel for a national sports venue. It is Locked On Sports Today, 24 7, bringing you the local stories from perspectives like Steve and myself and other teams as well, as well as our national 
shows. Locked on Sports Today 24-7. Subscribe to the first ever 24-7 national sports streaming channel. All right, Steve, I said it. The The, the reason is so we're, we're talking about why the Reds are going to win the division this year. And I hear you on the outfield defensive deficiency and things like that. I really want <laughs> – she might be disappointed. Um, you're muted, though, by the way. I'm sure you're making a really good point. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> I'm leaving that there for the rest of the show uh, as a tribute to Hannah Carr. Uh, Austin says, Jeff's wife is disappointed again this Valentine's Day. Tisk tisk tisk. Oh uh, she God. knows what she knows what to expect. There's a Reds mug coming for her. Um, but when it comes to <laughs> it's not a mug this year. Sorry, honey. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil the gift for you. Uh, but when it comes to the outfield deficiency, deficiency, um, I really think what Nick Crawl has done with the additions of Nick Martinez, Frankie Montas, with Emilio Pagan, and especially with Brent Suter, all these guys keep the ball on the ground and. I believe that Derek Johnson has been working with his pitchers. Like if you're not going to miss bats, miss barrels. That's something that Brent Suter said. Brent Suter is going to be able to kind of preach that philosophy within the clubhouse this season. But I believe that the Reds will be far better at forcing ground balls than they were last year. Last year, they were under 40% as a team with their ground ball ratio. I really think that that's going to come up. They're going to force a lot more outs to be had on the infield and they've got so much more talent and that talent is going to be there all year long. Think about last year. You had April. There was just an, a, a complete flux of who was playing on the infield and you really didn't get it set until later on in the season. You're going to have Candelaria at first base. You're going to have Noel Marte at third base. Ellie and Matt McClain going to play the middle infield. Ellie will play some third. You might have Jonathan India in there a little bit. You might have Spencer Steer in there a little bit. You're going to have CES in there as well. All of those guys are very talented with the glove, and I think that they are going to be able to force more outs on the infield and kind of mitigate the amount of need they will need on the defensive side in the outfield. I'm with you 100% on what Derek Johnson is going to be able to get out of this pitching staff. The fact that the Reds went out and got guys that are are better at inducing the ground ball speaks volumes for the evaluations that the the staff put in to what they were seeing last season. Uh, this bullpen, I think, is tremendously upgraded. I think that Frankie Montas uh, has a very strong chance to be the Frankie Montas from Oakland in the starting rotation and strengthen that group of pitchers. And I think that Derek Johnson has just shown time and time again that he's going to be able to help tweak and help guys meet their maximum potential. And I think, make no mistake, I think that's why Montas came here. I think Montas came here because he knows he's going to have an opportunity to go out and pitch every day as long as he's healthy. He knows that Derek Johnson has a reputation for, for working with pitchers and getting the most out of them. He saw what happened when Sonny Gray left New York and came to Cincinnati. This was the perfect opportunity for him to get better. To your point on the infield, all of those guys are going to be mashers in the lineup. Most of those guys are going to be great defensively. Uh, I agree with you that they all are athletic enough to get the job done. I do hope that a few of them have gone out this offseason and worked on refining that defense. Uh, and and the guy I hope did that the most is Ellie De La Cruz because while he is a tremendously gifted athlete and we've all seen the 90-plus-mile-an-hour throws across the infield and and his ability to, to do what he does, he's not the best shortstop on this team. And if he's going to continue to play the position of shortstop, he needs to get better at playing shortstop. So I, I, I've seen the videos of him hitting, and he looks like he has made some tremendous adjustments in the batter's box. 
I hope that some of his offseason focus while he was working with Soto was to figure out how to get better at shortstop. I think it's just consistency. He's he's the best shortstop on this team. He just needs to be consistent. No, Matt McClain is the most consistent short. Matt, Matt McClain is, is the, the most consistent shortstop. shortstop. The best shortstop's Ellie. Ellie, the fastest man in the world, is the best shortstop on this team. He's just not the most consistent shortstop on this team. Once he adds that consistency, because, okay, okay, I, I grant you, he made errors. He made errors last year. He is a rookie. He was a rookie. What do rookies do? They make mistakes. As he gets used to this game and as he grows into the major league game, he is going to become more consistent. And we are going to be talking about that dude that is just making all of the highlight reel plays and he's also going to make the mundane, easy, routine stuff as well. I don't see this in any other way. He is the best of it. He is the best shortstop on this team. He just needs to add consistency because I think there's a difference between consistency and talent. And yes, Matt McClain is the most consistent. Ellie is the most talented. Well, if you look at the numbers from 2023, Matt McClain was the most talented. Matt McClain was the best defensively. Matt McClain didn't seem to have uh, rookie struggles and make a ton of mistakes. Matt McClain was just a workhorse out there getting it done. I don't disagree with you that Ellie De La Cruz has a much higher ceiling. But right now, they're on their floors, and Matt McClain's floor is better. Matt McClain played a better shortstop. Matt McClain played a better all-around defensive game. He didn't make the mistakes that you're talking about. So for me, Ellie has to improve. I'm not ready. Look, we have made the mistake before of anointing these guys, the second coming of the whatever, before they've had to prove it. We've done it. We did it with Hunter Green. We've done it with lots of other guys. Every time the Reds made trades between 2015 and now, that guy coming was going to be the next greatest thing since Joe Morgan, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, and Davey Concepcion. And it has never come to fruition. So I want to be a little more cautious. But stop making me be the bad guy because I love this team and I think they're going to win the division. But I, I don't want to put those unreasonable expectations out there again that there's absolutely no way these players can live up to. I want, I want, I want to be measured in what we say about what these players are going to do. And I agree with you that the, the sky is the limit as far as the potential. But they have some work to do. And I loved what David Bell had to say earlier this offseason about keeping this team focused and not letting them get ahead of themselves. And I think I think you need to go back and listen to that interview again because David <laughs> Bell was talking to you. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It needs to be one day at a time. They need to get through spring training. They need to put the work in. And when they're hoisting the World Series trophy there in downtown Cincinnati at the end of the year, then, then we can start talking about people being – the the second coming of the whoever whatever you want to call them just let's, I, let's be careful so all right i'll grant you this ellie is not the second coming because there's nobody like him he's the first coming eric davis said so himself you can't compare him to anything anyway i'm just i i, I wanted to throw that i know i know i'm just grinding your gears but i i say this the reds are the most talented team in this division and they will win this division now there's there's comparisons to be had how do they stack up against the pirates how do they stack up against this new look brewers team the cubs the cardinals 
I want to spend some more time in depth on that next week. <laughs> Stevenson has 40 homers. Um, I want to spend some more time in depth on that next week. We're going to do a segment a day kind of looking at the opponent and things like that. So I don't want to do that here and just do a quick fire sort of thing like that. I actually did that over at InsideTheReds.com. So if you've bookmarked that website, go check out my article as to why the talent on the other teams don't stack up to what the reds have currently we're also going to go in depth on that next week but steve it's time it's time and, and what is that time it is time to get into your questions and comments and there's lots of stuff going on in the chat lots of people agreeing with me god i love it when that happens we're going to get into all of that and put you in the driver's seat with me right after this You can follow us in between episodes on all the social medias, including X. Jeff, you still want to be an X-Man, right? You can follow Jeff over there at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. Spelling is hard. He went to school in Alabama. Don't blame him. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, Jeff mentioned InsideTheReds.com. Make sure you bookmark that site. He's writing over there. I'm writing over there. Lots of our friends are writing over there. Lots of great coverage of the Reds in written form. Also, get in on the Discord community. Discord link is in the show description today. Uh, talking Reds. We've got a Bengals channel. We've got all kinds of things for you over there. Join us today because we love talking baseball with you. Jeff, you have a thought. Big time shout out to we got a new writer over at InsideTheReds.com, Caleb Sisk. He's got a couple of articles breaking down some prospects and some guys that we can look forward to seeing probably not this year, but maybe in the future. But he's got some good in-depth stuff over there as well. Check out Caleb's stuff on InsideTheReds.com. All right. Yeah. And I, I read Caleb's first offering over there. It was really good. Uh, everybody should definitely go and check that out. And I want to mention one more time, go down and click that like button on today's episode. There's bunches of you here watching today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, click that like button and it will help boost this thing out to others because that's the ultimate goal. We want to talk Reds baseball with everybody. Let's get them all here and you can help us do that. All right, Jeff, let's get into some instant reaction from that ridiculous segment that we had that last segment. We, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think, I think you made me into Tony Kornheiser and I'm going to hold that against <laughs> you for going to hold that against you for a while. So just prepare that you owe me a nice I like bottle. Being Wilbon. Wilbon's a good dude. I, I like being next time I'm in town. You're, you're buying me bourbon. All right. Uh, <laughs> Michael says Ellie is the most talented. That is absolutely true. Uh, Carrick thinks Noel V. Marte to the outfield. Okay. I like that. Um, I like we, that. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, <laughs> Grant coming out of left field with, <laughs> or coincidentally, where Tyler Stevenson can play. Left field. I think Stevenson hits for a home uh, I think Grant's joining with me and just trying to grind your gears a little bit. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> trying to get at me today. Josh says that Matt McClain will be on the infield in three years. Ellie may not be. Um, that's an interesting take because I think this goes back to the whole move Ellie to center field movement that's out there on the periphery. And I mean, it's true. Three years from now, we don't know what Ellie's going to look like. He's not done growing. He's not done filling out. There may but be I a don't, position change in his future. I don't hate that take either. I, I kind of like the idea that in the future, I don't think it's going to be this year, but I think we could see him move to the outfield. He's just so talented and there are so many infielders. In fact, most folks, most scouts, most folks who cover baseball continue to say that the best shortstop in the Reds organization has not made it to the, Rangers, the majors yet. The best shortstop in the organization is Edwin Arroyo. 
He just has to hit. He didn't quite hit as well last year as he was expected to. So if he can kind of add that to his game defensively, there's no one better at short than is Edwin Arroyo. So to see if he makes it to the majors, maybe that's when we see Ellie's move. Um, I still think that there's a shot that he is in the outfield more so than Noel V. Marte, but I would be interested. I think that Marte probably plays more outfield than he does this year. It's just probably in the future. I think Jordan's probably right. Let's give this from our amigo down in Mexico. Mr. Alberto checks in and says, Ellie's best position is at third base. He agrees with me, this guy right here. 100% that Matt McClain is the most talented shortstop out of the two and still thinks Noel V. Marte can flourish in the outfield. Another Marte to the outfield comment here and also thinks Marte has a shot to win Rookie of the Year in 2024. A lot to unpack in that, Jeff. Uh, the most important thing being that he agrees with me. Um, the second most important thing being that he thinks Matt McClain is the best of the two. But let's let's two comments now. Noel V. Marte to the outfield. And I've been more in the CES camp to the outfield mm -hmm. but where where are you on this because i just look at ces and i kind of see that that puig type body build out there in right field with with the potential to have a, a decent arm out there rot running to be determined but i, I just i see ces there i i haven't put a lot of thought into this noelby Marte thing where are you Marte, I, I think that Marte has better range. And I think that just the natural range that he has compared to CES's range may lead to better outrunning and better tracking of fly balls and line drives and things like that. I love Marte's reactions down at third base. We saw him make a number of very impressive looking plays. And I definitely think his arm can handle it. Like, if you're if you're ranking and we'll throw India in here, if you're ranking them in terms of arm strength, I think based on reports, it's probably CES Marte and a bunch of space and then India. But I think that Marte is closer to CES arm wise than we think. I mean, there's a reason that both of them are third basemen. There's a reason that the Reds felt comfortable enough to move him from shortstop to third base instead of shortstop to second base while he was coming up to the minors last year. So I think that we're discounting Marte's arm whenever we continually talk about CESs. There's a chance that he's probably a better outfielder, but I agree 100% with my CL. Wherever Noel V. Marte plays next year, dude's winning rookie of the year. And right now he's third on FanDuel to do so. You might want to go throw a couple phones on that and take advantage of it. All right, Ryan checks in. Let's talk a little pitching, Jeff. Ryan asks, who do we think is going to be on the mound opening day this year? And for me, this has already been determined. If he is healthy, if he can pitch on opening day, Hunter Green's going to be on the mound for the Cincinnati Reds. They have determined that he is the face of this rotation. He was the first to get the extension. They're not going to bury him behind anybody else. Uh, if he is able to throw, if he is healthy, comes out a good year, fine. He starts opening day. Well, I'm glad to see that we have decided not to disagree on ones. I mean, you've come over to my side. You understand the uh, the the finer points of why Hunter Green. Hunter Green's going to be picked it because, like what you said, they they have celebrated him with the long term contract. Opening day is a celebration, and and as we will continually say throughout the season, like once we get up to opening day, opening day starter is different from game one of the playoffs starter. There there is a uh, pomp and circumstance to the opening day starter that really when you're talking about game one of the playoffs is who's been the best guy all year. Hunter Green wasn't the best guy in his rookie season. That was Nick Lodolo. Hunter Green wasn't the best guy last year. That was Andrew Abbott. So now 
this is the, there's still the celebratory aspect of him being the opening day starter, but this is the year that Hunter Green needs to take that step. This is the year that Hunter Green needs to start paying off. He doesn't have to win the Cy Young this year, but he really needs to take that step forward. I'm looking for an under four ERA. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be like 3.0, but like maybe a 3.6, 3.7 ERA for him this year. We're talking about a good strikeouts per nine, good walks per nine. Really want to see him take that next step because if we're sitting here in August or, or even July and we're still like, it still feels like he needs to take that next step. Then I think that this year we'll start to ask questions on if Hunter green can live up to those expectations or not. This from Craig, Tommy fam is still out there for a right-handed outfield bat. I'm in on Tommy fam for one reason. And one reason only is if he will sign in Cincinnati and that there's a clause in his contract that he will weekly drive out to Fairfield and smack Jeff over his fantasy baseball moves. If he'll do that, then I am all in on giving him a roster spot. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that that's the thing. So any move you make now, you're talking about he is taking the spot of Jose Barrero. And I'm okay with Tommy Pham over Jose Barrero. I'm okay with Adam Duvall over Jose Barrero. Uh, I don't know. And we've talked about this guy in the past. I don't know that I'm okay with Michael A. Tucker over Jose Barrero just because he's more defense than offense. I I do think that when it comes to the right-handed platoon side of this, the Reds have told us they're not going glove first. So whatever it's going to be, it's going to be bat first. So if they sign somebody, they're not signing them because he has a good glove. So I don't. I think Michael A. Tucker is kind of off that, um, or Michael A. Taylor. I keep calling him Michael Tucker because I keep getting him confused with the former Red and Michael Tucker. Michael A. Taylor. Um, it's usually I don't me think he's on the, the name, so I love that. <laughs> I just get them all mixed up with former Reds. That's how it goes. <laughs> this from Jared. Jared says he's a little late to the Aloha party today, Jeff, but he's asking you specifically because he saw your lineup projection over at Inside the Reds, and he asks, mm. isn't Steer better suited for the third spot in the lineup? I like Steer's consistency, and I think that I want more guys on base. When it comes, I want Ellie on base when Steers at the plate because I think that Steers very suited for driving in the runs. I think that you can almost make the case that the Reds' top three hitters, and in my lineup, just so if anybody has missed it over at InsideTheReds.com, I had TJ Friedel leading off, Matt McClain batting second, Ellie batting third. Any one of those guys can be the leadoff hitter. So if you got three straight guys who are fast and get on base at a decent clip, because I think Ellie's going to show that on base ability this year, then you're going to just absolutely feast whoever's four, five, and six. That's why I like the four, five, and six of CES, Jamer Candelario, and Spencer Steer. And then you have the bottom third of the lineup, which is still very solid in Noel V. Marte, Tyler Stevenson, and Will Benson. And I'm assuming two. I haven't put up a left-handed uh, lineup in case Patrick Corbin is the opening day starter, but I'm assuming that Josiah Gray will be Washington's opening day starter, and he is a right-handed pitcher. So that that's kind of where I fall under Spencer Steer batting sixth instead of batting third because I think that there's more upside with Ellie. Let me ask you this because I can, I can see your argument, and I can also see uh, where this question comes from. I, I wonder if on opening day – it wouldn't be better to swap steer and De La Cruz until Ellie demonstrates that the adjustments are working. 
if there's not still some work to be done with this new swing and the things he's been doing in the offseason while he's been working with Soto. Uh, I, I wonder if it wouldn't be better to, to swap those and, in fact, have Spencer Steer as your third guy until such time that Ellie kind of goes and takes it away from him because all things being equal, you're right. If Ellie's hitting and Ellie's getting things done, then I think you do want Ellie there in the third spot to kind of drive in some runs, but also add to the guys on base for when CES and Candelario and the rest of the boppers come up. So I, I can see it both ways there. I definitely think there, there, yeah, there's that's two sides to the same coin is that, okay, are you batting him third to show faith in the work that he's put in this off season? Or are you batting him sixth? to challenge him and show us the work that he's put in this offseason. There are two schools of thought there. I don't think that anyone's negative. There's not a negative part to that. But that's an interesting take. I, I hadn't considered it that way. I think I'm coming at it, obviously, from the optimistic perspective of, yes, I'm showing faith in the work that he's put in this offseason and the plate discipline that he showed to end the year last year. I don't necessarily know that I hate the idea of moving him to sixth and moving Steer to third. I just think it's probably... A, a percentage point above. I think it's 51-49 why I put Elliot third and Steer at sixth. We're going to wrap this up. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up next week. You're going to get a whole lot of me and Jeff. That's right. We are going back to five days a week to start getting yeah, you set because pitchers and catchers report on February 13th. The first workout of the new 2024 season begins on valentine's day february 14th we will get you set for that we will be here uh five days a week the rest of the way to keep you locked on reds every single day hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.